Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor. I get to consult people around the world via webcam and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, The Inflammation Spectrum, Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, there's lots of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R- W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And the day is drawing near very soon. It may be out already by the time you listen to this. My fourth book, Gut Feelings, is out. I'm so excited about it. The subtitle is Healing the Shame-Fueled Relationship Between What You Eat and How You Feel. Really talking about things that I see with my telehealth patients, this bi-directional relationship between mental health and physical health and how underlying physical factors like underlying gut problems and chronic inflammation and different chronic infections like mold toxicity and chronic Lyme disease, nutrient deficiencies, stuff like that that you can measure on labs basically. How those things impact our thoughts and emotions, impact things like anxiety and depression and brain fog and fatigue. And then conversely, how mental, emotional, spiritual things, things like chronic stress and unresolved trauma and I even talk about intergenerational trauma and something called shame flammation I talk about in the book, how these mental, emotional, spiritual facets impact our physical health. So it's really a conversation about autoimmunity, mental health issues, and how we have to deal with both the gut and the feelings, the physiological and the psychological. Anyways, it is coming out right now. And whenever you order the book right now, if you head on over to drwillcole.com, we're giving away tons of free stuff for people that pre-order and order the book right when it comes out. It comes out March 21st. So you head on over to drwillcole.com and you put your order information and get access to a three-week mastermind with myself and Dr. Nicole Lepera, the holistic psychologist on Instagram. She actually wrote the foreword of Gut Feelings. 
and uh, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. Caroline Leaf, just brilliant psychiatrists, psychologists, mental health neuroscientists, all part of an online gut feelings mastermind only for people that pre-order the book. And you get lots of other free healthy stuff too. So head on over there to order gut feelings. And we're also giving away free signed books whenever you rate and review The Art of Being Well on Apple Podcast. So every single month, no matter when you listen to this episode, my team and I will be randomly picking winners every single month and I'll reach out to you. I'll ask which book you want me to sign. I could sign Gut Feelings or any of the other ones and we'll send it out to you. All you have to do is leave an Apple Podcast review. You can leave your Instagram handle in the Apple Podcast review itself or you could take a screenshot of the Apple Podcast review and message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole. And again, every single month, we'll be going through the messages on Instagram as well as the Apple Podcast reviews themselves. All right, let's get to today's guest. She needs no introduction, but I'll do one nonetheless. Her name is Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth is an Oscar winner and author of many New York Times bestselling books. She is the founder of Goop, a lifestyle brand that covers food, wellness, fashion, fitness, travel. Paltrow is a mother, a businesswoman, an actress, and she's become one of my dearest friends. And the timing of this conversation is so special to me because Gut Feelings, my book, it's under Goop Press. Goop is not just an amazing lifestyle brand. They also are in the literary space. They're putting out cutting-edge conversations in book form to really elevate the literary space, and I'm honored to be a part of Goop Press. So to celebrate the release of Gut Feelings, here's my special conversation with my friend. This is Gwyneth Paltrow's Art of Being Well. Gwyneth freaking Paltrow. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. You're on the pod. Thanks for coming on. I'm starstruck to be on the pod. I listen Shut to up. it every week. I am. I love this pod. Oh, thank you. This is an amazing podcast. I have to say, it makes my week whenever you text me and say, hey, when you said this on the podcast and it's some detailed granular thing that I said in passing, I know you're listening. Oh, I'm listening. <laughs> It's like the only podcast. Well, that's not true. There's an, one another podcast called the All In Podcast, and these are the only two podcasts I listen to: The Art of Being Well and All In. They're very. They could not be more different. What's All In about? Oh, All In is about these. It's it's these four guys, these investors who have really interesting different backgrounds. I think that they're all currently investing, and but one worked at Google, and one you know they're kind of like some of them are kind of Elon Elon Squad. And they're brilliant. They just have like incredible mental agility, articulation. Like I sometimes I have to, it's like with, you know, I think I love both of them. I have to rewind sometimes to listen and see, okay, yeah. did I really understand that? And I have that with yours too. I love it. And you can just throw me a text and, and ask me to clarify. I know. I'm very lucky. I'm telling your pod squad, <laughs> I know how I'm a lucky bastard that I get to text Will Cole. Oh my gosh. So, I, and you have an amazing podcast. I love it. I've loved it for years. Thank you. Like, what do you, what do you see the future of the podcast? Like, who's the, let, let's ask this. Who's a dream guest that you haven't had on the show? Who would I love to have right now? I mean, I, there are a lot of CEOs that I don't know that I would love to talk to. 
I'm very kind of ensconced in the world of business and trying to grow goop. And there's so much I don't know. And there's so many people who've done, done it so brilliantly. I think my, the person that inspires me most right now as a CEO for a whole number of reasons is Brian Chesky from Airbnb. Mm. He's so in integrity and he's really trying to, he's coming from such a good place of like trying to bring people together in the world Mm. and the way he's grown his business and, you know, how he handled the COVID crisis. Like I would love to have him on the pod. I love that. (laughs) My advice to Airbnb was to come up with a point system so you could, because I have my Marriott Bonvoy points. That's right. And I can't even use my credit card points towards an Airbnb in the same way. You know what? Let's talk to Brian about Let's get him on the podcast. Okay. If he just listens to me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about wellness. Like let's go back in time I know your mom was interested in natural things and wellness. So was it childhood that wellness was really started to becoming part of your life or was it later on in life? Well, it started young. My mother was very aware of, she's been a deep environmentalist for her whole life. And so when we were little, we were always going to the recycling center before that, you know, she's responsible. Actually, she helped form curbside recycling in Santa Monica and in New York. You know, she was very involved when we were little and nuclear power was this big environmental threat. Now, I guess it's, it is the better environmental option, but you know, she, we used to protest and I used to hold signs out of the car saying you're polluting. Like I, apparently I used to yell at truck drivers when they were polluting. So (laughs) (laughs) she's sort of an act environmental activist household. And she had flats of wheat grass growing on the counter and would have us drink that. And my dad was totally the opposite. It was like Pepsi, Malamars, you know, a honey baked ham, barbecued ribs, you know, it was like that kind of thing. So they had very different philosophies and ideologies around wellness. And then in my twenties, I was, I really kind of, in the first half of my twenties, I didn't think about it a lot until my father was diagnosed with cancer. And that really changed things for me. And I started reeling, you know, I started realizing that there had to be a connection between what we were eating and what we were exposed to and how that was being expressed through disease. And that's when I started researching whatever I could. This is pre-internet, but, you know, talking to people, trying to, you know, buy books on nutrition, understand the links between environmental toxins, cancer, HPVs, you know, all that kind of like mm-hmm. understanding what what led to the creation of disease in our culture. And then mm-hmm. why, and then past my father, like, why is this so pervasive? And why do we have so much, you know, obesity, depression, diabetes, type two diabetes, you know, and all the things I was observing and just wondering what could be done about it? Mm-hmm. And what were the modalities out there? And also just the idea that, we all have so much agency. We don't realize the agency that we have Mm -hmm. and that we have autonomy over our bodies, what we put into our bodies, the thoughts that we form, the words that we speak. And when we have a certain degree of mastery over ourselves Mm -hmm. and we embrace that, we can really start to change our lives and feel really good. Mm -hmm. And even with small changes, if you're orienting around your body and sort of being friends with your body and mm-hmm. yourself. Like that's what I started to notice. Like this, this, it had this compounding effect. Like I really am starting to feel not only better in the moment, but I'm getting this 
lesson from somewhere that we all have this power within us to feel better and to have mm -hmm. that kind of agency. So it became kind of like addictive. Mm -hmm. I remember being a health nerd before I knew you, reading about you doing this thing called the macrobiotic diet. Yes. So now that you're my friend, like, how was that? Like, I want to know, because I know you now. I just <laughs> take me back to those so, macrobiotic days. Yeah. So I started doing yoga when I was about 25 or 26. And mm -hmm. I started this practice of Ashtanga yoga, six day a week practice with my teacher, Eddie Stern, who- I love Eddie. Eddie is still a very close friend yes, of mine. Sweetheart. In fact, Eddie married Brad and I, he officiated our wedding. I didn't know that. Yeah. So Eddie was, has been a teacher and a mentor of mine since, you know, for 25 years. Mm -hmm. And I remember I went to, this was all around the time where I was trying to understand nutrition and wellness. I went to England to do, I think Shakespeare in Love. And my, I had a yoga teacher there and she said, oh, you know, I also, oh, and I was really struggling with the food. Now in the UK, it's a great food scene, but in the nineties, it was pretty tough. And it was really hard to get like fresh, healthy food. And so she said, I'm macrobiotic and I make myself healthy food every day and I come teach yoga and then I'll, I'll drop lunch. You know, she would put lunch in a thermos for me. Mm -hmm. And so I started eating macrobiotic and I just kind of followed the tenets of it. And, and actually it's so funny because ultimately it wasn't the right thing for me. I felt it was so much brown rice. I always had a hard time with, with brown rice. It was hard for me to digest and made me feel really tired. Mm -hmm. And it actually made me gain a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. So I, I gained weight on the macrobiotic diet, but what I had given up was dairy, sugar, a lot of gluten, processed foods, you know, a, a lot of alcohol. So, and coffee, I gave up even for a really long time. Mm. I would just have green tea and then we're like, I was, you know, and you know me, like if, if someone tells me to do something, I yeah. like do it balls to the wall. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> you were queen macrobiotic, no doubt. So, but and that was really my first kind of big extended experiment with eating food and tuning in, seeing how it made me feel. Mm. Um, and then I remember, you know, staying kind of pretty, on the healthy path for a while. And then I remember when I got pregnant with my daughter, Apple, I mean, I could not have eaten rice to save my own life. Mm -hmm. Like all I wanted was grilled cheese sandwiches and <laughs> yogurt. Like I went completely the other way. Yeah. Did you know that seed oils are a huge problem? They've been linked to widespread health and environmental issues, yet they're in everything we eat. Just turn around the boxes that we are consuming in a day, different packaged foods, you are gonna be shocked at how ubiquitous seed oils are. They are high in inflammatory linoleic acid and high in omega-6 fatty acids. And the ratios of omegas three, six, and nine, these polyunsaturated fatty acids or PUFAs are extremely important for our immune health, our cellular health, and the way that inflammation is expressed in the body. Zero Acre is here to change that. Their cultured oil is an all-purpose cooking oil with over 90% heart-healthy and heat-stable monounsaturated fat. It has more monounsaturated fat than even olive and avocado oils and up to 10 times less omega-6 fats. It also has a high smoking point of 485 degrees Fahrenheit, so it's great for cooking and has a clean, neutral taste, making it perfect for everything from cooking and baking to salad dressings. 
It's also a one-to-one -one replacement for all liquid oils. It's very easy and simple to integrate into your life. It's great for frying, roasting, sauteing, stir-frying, baking, dressing, drizzling, and baking. In addition to them being a sponsor on The Art of Being Well, I'm also an advisor for Zero Acres. That's how much I believe in this. I'm busy consulting patients throughout the day, but I make time for brands that are doing innovative, helpful things that I know would help my patients. Zero Acre is offering our listeners free shipping on your first order. So go to zeroacre.com slash willcole or use code willcole at checkout to claim this deal. That's Z-E-R-O-A-C-R-E dot com slash Will Cole, zeroacre.com slash Will Cole. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. March is National Nutrition Month, and HelloFresh makes it easy to choose delicious, dietitian-approved meals. With the cost of groceries going up and up, now is the perfect time to get started with HelloFresh. HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% less expensive than takeout. HelloFresh has 40 weekly recipes to choose from for all meal occasions, lifestyles, and preferences. Delicious dinners are a cinch with HelloFresh's chef-crafted seasonal recipes that come with ingredients already pre-portioned, so all you have to do is cook and enjoy. What I also love about HelloFresh is that they make it easy to eat what you love. It's customizable. You can select meals by swapping proteins or sides or even adding protein to a veggie dish. And now you can even upgrade for organic chicken or organic ground beef on select meals. My family and I have loved HelloFresh for a long time. Go to hellofresh.com slash willcole60, willcole60, and use code willcole60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Again, that's hellofresh.com slash willcole60 and use code willcole60 for 60% off plus free shipping. So, I mean, your health routine, your wellness has evolved the more you learn and experiment and even what served you then isn't going to serve you now necessarily either. And yeah. so people I'm sure want to know, like, what's your wellness routine look like now? Mm. A day in the life. Of GP. Well, as you may or may not know, I am a full disciple of Dr. Will Cole. <laughs> so <laughs> that means I follow, what do you call it? It's I'm paleo. Paleo. Yeah. yeah paleo-ish, but you're pretty paleo. I'm pretty I, paleo. I, I, I try to put more ish in your life and just say, yeah, you could do it, but you know, you, but you know what works for your body. I yes. think you know what <laughs> foods love you back. I do. I do. So my in keeping with my Will Cole prescribed regimen, you know, I eat dinner early in the evening. I try to eat at six or 6.30. So I'm really done eating by seven. And then I do a nice intermittent fast until I usually eat something about 12. In the morning, I'll have some things that won't spike my blood sugar, right? So I, I have coffee, I'll have a celery juice, with lemon, lemon water, but I just really use the morning. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's important because as you know, I have trouble with methylation. So I'm not, my body is not a natural detoxer. I'm not good at it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people 
it's absolutely a part of their biology and process. I'm not one of those people. So I get impacted by things more heavily. And then I exercise in the morning. I take my binders in the morning. I take binders for, again, like poor methylation. I'm mm-hmm. still dealing probably with some mold, even though it's probably pretty good by now, yeah. I would think. It's it's in the past. I think it's in the past. And I do try to do one hour of movement. So I'll either take a walk or I'll do Pilates or I'll do my Tracy Anderson. And then I get in the sauna. I dry brush and I get in the sauna. So I do my infrared sauna for 30 minutes. Not every day. Some days, some days I can't, I don't have time. Or sometimes I'll do the higher dose infrared blanket if I'm not home. But for me, that's it's really important for me to support my detox because mm-hmm. I have the fucked up M- M- MTHFR. Thank you, MTHFR. <laughs> And then for lunch, I have something, I really like having a soup for lunch. In fact, we have one, a new soup at Goop Kitchen, which is like this green soup that I warm up. It comes cold, so it kind of retains all its vibrancy. Mm -hmm. But I really like soup for lunch. I have bone broth for lunch a lot of the days. And then for dinner, I have, um, oh, I forgot that part of my wellness practices, Brad and I, my husband do TM meditation for 20 minutes every morning before the coffee. And then for dinner, I try to eat, you know, according to paleo. So lots of vegetables. We live in California. So there are farmer's markets all over, which Mm -hmm. is such a blessing, like all the vegetables, things that are in season and from local farms. And then any kind of, you know, fish or birds. And then we try to get a little bit clever with carbohydrates. So like you know, sweet potato noodles, or we make tacos with the Siete grain-free tacos, the cassava. And I find that the more that I get into the habit of not trying to, you know, it it was hard at first when I thought, oh, I'm going to have to eliminate all the joys and all the pleasure. And it's not true. Like Hmm. there's so many ingredients that are packed with flavor, chilies and herbs and lemon. And, you know, you can really especially with foods like Mexican food or with Asian flavors. Like you would not, I think if you ate dinner at our house, like most people, when our friends come over, they have no idea that they're eating like healthy food, you know, or that it's paleo. It's just good, nutritious, yummy food. Yes. Exactly. As we're recording this right now, you have a little IV. So, which is so on brand for both of us. (laughs) We pod an IV at the same time. (laughs) No, this is I'm really embarrassing myself right here. <laughs> but look, you're a busy person. You're running a company. So like, do you do IVs very often? People want to ask about IVs. Like, what are your, yeah. yeah, I love an IV. I'm an early IV adopter. And especially because, you know, from my other genetic stuff, like I tend to be lower in certain vitamins mm-hmm. or glutathione. I I love to have in an IV kind of a random, more fringy one, phosphatidylcholine. That's my favorite IV when I can find them. They're quite hard to find. Yeah, it was hard to find. Um, and those make me feel so good. But this today, just because I was flying, I have just a bag of good old-fashioned vitamins. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I just want to say this. that I wrote my little notes that I what things I wanted to cover on my Southwest ticket. <laughs> this is how high Wait, what? I were you number 42? A, 80, A42? 42 is my- Do you my, ever fly Southwest, Gwyneth Paltrow? Um, I don't think I have actually flown Southwest, but- Just Give it a try. I'm going sometime. to, but 42 is my lucky number. <laughs> oh, I That means 42. my dad is with us. 
every time I see the number 42. Sweet. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that, I know he's always, like, I feel like you've such a spiritual awareness, I think, of life. And your dad, even just seeing that, because I was thinking of your dad as you were talking about him. Do you feel his presence quite a bit in your life today? You know, I was talking about this the other day with one of his best friends. I think so, but I feel like I need to make sure I conjure him more. Like Mm -hmm. it's, I think he's always there, but you know, it's also when you lose someone like that, who's like the love of your life, it's really hard almost to connect with the feeling of them being there. Like it's very emotional. So Mm -hmm. I think sometimes I, like I'll have a sense that he's, you know, I have this connection to him, but I want to, I want to conjure him more Mm because he's such a part of, of who I am. And Mm -hmm. I feel like so many of my, not that I have so many good qualities, but you know, my good qualities like that come from him are so from him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just funny to go through life knowing that you had this incredibly influential, I mean, he was like my sun and my moon, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I don't know. I feel like I need to foster the connection more if I'm honest. Yeah. And I'm sure that takes time too, right? To go back to that, right? After time and healing wounds, you're like almost ready maybe to do it more now. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Do you see him and your kids at all? I see him definitely, especially in my daughter who has his sense of humor and his sort of chutzpah. And then my father also had this very sensitive, artistic, gentle side. And I see that in my son so much. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. Great kids, honestly. It's like the what most articulate, well-mannered. <laughs> Thank you. Like you did a brilliant job. <laughs> Thanks. So sweet. So let's talk about your career before Goop. Do you ever see yourself ever getting back into film, movies? Is that think it'll ever happen or no? I mean, I think I've learned in life to never say never. Mm -hmm. So I guess I would just say at the moment, it would be impossible for me with the job that I have. Mm -hmm. But I also recognize that I am an artist. I mean, and I think entrepreneurs are artists as well. It's very, it's a very similar spirit. And I feel like that need to create and that that expressiveness will probably always need to come through me. And, you know, if there's a day that my day job at Goop is less intensive and it wouldn't surprise me if after kind of having some downtime, if I felt like, oh, you know, I'd love to go do a play or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm, I'm open. I just, it's not something I pursue right now. Got it. Is through all the films you've done, is there a film that really stands out that says, yeah, that's, that was my favorite one that I made, or that's the one I'm most proud of. And it's probably like picking babies, maybe. No, I mean, I feel, you know, the films that I did that I really love, I feel so lucky to be a part of, I guess my favorite ones are really, I mean, I, I do think Shakespeare in Love is a great film. The Royal Tenenbaums I love. That's a Wes, early Wes mm-hmm. Anderson movie. That's really great. The Talented Mr. Ripley seems to be a, a fan favorite. People still talk to me about that movie all the time. It's interesting. It's had a long life after. It didn't it didn't do particularly well when it came out, but it's become kind of a mm-hmm. classic. Yeah, 
I can't even remember the rest ones. of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I, I always forget what else I've been in. <laughs> Is there any film that you regret doing? Is that a thing? Or you're just, no, you, it was what it was. I mean, I guess there are a couple that I look back and I kind of cringe a little bit when I think about them. But again, like I do feel that everything in life does happen for a yeah. pretty specific reason. And I don't know, sometimes like it's interesting to sit with something that you're not proud of, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's a film that you did or whether it's like something that you, you know, feel bad about. It's like, it's, I think it's an interesting thing to sit with regret. I, I don't mm -hmm. know that we do that enough. Because I think it can be informative. And I think it's just, we're so, we don't like to feel uncomfortable feelings. And so sometimes I I think about things that I regret or, or wish I hadn't done. And I kind of force myself to just stay in that for a minute. It's a good meditation and acceptance probably. Yeah. Non-resistance. Yes. Not, and kind of transmuting maybe any shame or. Yeah. Because we, it's interesting those those ways that shame come up and stick around and you know sometimes I'll think oh gosh I really feel like all the shame's out of my body and I've forgiven myself and everybody else and then you know I'll be lying in bed late at night and I'll just be gripped with something you know mm -hmm. some old feeling of shame will come back and so it's I think it's important to give it the space it needs it's like coming back to deliver some kind of yeah message message and clearing it out and yeah What's your love language? Is it physical touch? How about time together with your partner? People get turned on in all sorts of ways. Dipsy has invented a whole new love language with sexy stories for whatever mood you're in. Sexual wellness is massively important for total wellness. I love what Dipsy is doing to destigmatize sexual wellness for people around the world. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. And Dipsy is radically inclusive. Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners, and 56% of stories are voice acted by people of color. New content is released every single week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. My patients also love the soothing sleep stories and the wellness sessions. You have to check out Dipsy's wellness sessions to really be empowered about your sexual wellness. They cover so many frequently asked questions about sexual wellness for you to empower yourself. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or heat things up with a partner. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Will Cole. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Will Cole. Dipsystories.com slash Will Cole. I have used Manuka Honey for years to support my energy levels, my gut health, my immune system. Manuka Honey is without a doubt a powerful superfood. It boasts compounds that encourage the body's natural healing process and can be used for targeted wellness as well as a pre-workout energy source and even as part of your daily skincare regimen for natural skin brightening. 
the pioneer and global leader in Manuka honey is hands down Kambita. For nearly 50 years, Kambita has been upholding standards that consistently exceed stringent certifications for product quality and efficacy. So you know, it's the good stuff. Kambita offers the most premium, pure, well-researched and sustainably sourced Manuka products on the market. The UMF mark on Kambita's Manuka honey labels refer to something called the unique Manuka factor, which is the gold standard in Manuka ratings backed by the New Zealand government for its verification of quality and potency. Basically, the higher the UMF score, the more potent the product, and Kambita offers a variety of different options for us. For more information and to shop these amazing products, go to Kambita.com. That's C-O-M. VITA.com. Use code WILLCOLE20 for 20% off. That's WILLCOLE20 for 20% off at Comvita.com. Has the industry, has the film industry changed since you got in it? I mean, is it a different entity than it once was? I mean, when I was in it, I feel like that kind of 90s, 2000s was sort of, I feel like in a way it was the sort of end of the golden era of movies, you know, then with the advent of streamers and it's, I think the business models have Mm -hmm. changed a lot and I think it's changed the business a lot. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, another thing that's changed the business a lot is the Me Too movement. I think Mm -hmm. there's a very different there are very different rules and boundaries now in the industry, which I think is a really good thing. Another thing that's changed is now you kind of have where, where as when I was coming up, you would have these kind of movies for adults. Like, you know, you would have kind of a mid-sized budget and it would be subject matter for grownups that would be, you know, it's like if you think of the films of the 70s, and those are sort of gone. So now you have these big tentpole movies, like the Marvel movies and those, or you have like these much, much smaller independent movies where people are still really expressing their mm-hmm. artistry and nothing in between. And that sort of makes me a bit sad. Yeah. And it's, I mean, Netflix, I guess, is trying, it's not the same experience, right? Because it's not the movie theater sort of thing. But I feel like some of that magic could come through again through Netflix? Do you see it, the industry shifting in that way? Yeah. I mean, I think like, for example, Netflix makes great things. And just by by nature of the fact that you're in your house or your bed Mm -hmm. or on your sofa, it sort of removes some of the majesty of, Mm -hmm. you know, our boys, you know, probably- They'll never get it. Yeah. It's sort of like we have as a culture so much- instant gratification. And there used to be this sort of reverential thing around mm-hmm. going to a movie and parking and walking mm-hmm. and get standing in line and yeah. getting your tickets getting and popcorn. your popcorn. And, yeah. and now it, you just click on your, your television. So I mm-hmm. think when you lose an experiential piece of an art form like that, I mean, I don't know, we went to the opera the other night, which was so fantastic. And it's like the experience is so mm-hmm. endemic to what that is. And mm-hmm. in a way, a movie, going to a movie had that carried yeah. that same experiential thing. And now that's gone. Yeah. We can give it Netflix advice and have like Netflix theaters for people who want the experience. And I think they're buying some theaters oh, now. Well, yeah. So you see you're ahead of the curve as <laughs> Airbnb, usual. Airbnb, Netflix, oh, just meet with me. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, let's talk about Goop. I have so many questions. You know, I, they're family to me. I just love you and the amazing team you have. Thanks. And I'm going, I'm thinking of like just pivotal moments, I think in Goop's history and in your history too. So conscious uncoupling. Yeah. Like you were transparent and, and honest about that. It was made huge global waves. Did you expect it to be that of a thing? No, not at all. Not at all. And it was at such a tender time in my life and I was trying so hard to protect my children and it was it was hard to, you know because there was so much you know what I saw was like so much derision and making fun like there was this incredibly vitriolic reaction to it at first which I was like wow this is really striking a nerve and then when I kind of got past the personal piece of it, I thought, wow, how interesting that this is really striking such a nerve. And mm -hmm. why is it striking such a nerve? And and I extrapolated it out and thought about, you know, like, what is it about it that's so triggering? And then you think about 50% of the world's population has divorced parents. So you imagine a lot of those people probably didn't divorce in a child-centric way or trying to maintain a family, right? So maybe it's triggering in that way, or maybe they themselves didn't get separated in a way that they feel good about in retrospect. And so maybe it's triggering in that way, or maybe it's just triggering because it sounded wacky or it was just a new thing. But I have come to feel so proud of what Chris and I were able to do because it was very difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, it was very difficult, especially in such a public way, to talk about the way that we wanted to do it. And I didn't, you know, we didn't necessarily do it. Like we didn't want to be trailblazing. We just were trying to explain mm -hmm. how we wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. We weren't saying this is how anyone else should do it or, you know, anyone else has done it the wrong way. Or we were just saying, we want to try something that we have not seen modeled. And, you know, when we were, going through it, you know, because we were separated for about a year before we announced it and we had told the kids. And during that year, when some of our close friends knew it was happening and I would ask people, so when, when your parents got divorced, you know, what was the, what was the hardest thing? And they said, you know, that we lost the connection. We felt like our parents didn't like each other. They hated each other or one used to drop me at the end of the driveway or they wouldn't answer each other's calls. And I just thought, okay. And I was sort of aggregating these data points around what people had found really traumatic. Mm -hmm. And because they didn't say it, no one said it was just heartbreaking that my parents weren't right for each other. Or, you know, it wasn't that. Right. It was the acrimony between the parents. And so we just made a decision that we weren't going to do that. And, you know, I remember this one day in particular, we really were at a low point and I was like, this is, I can't, like I cannot. And I'll never forget we were, cause we, even though we were separated, we were having brunch as a family every day. And we kind of like, we were like, okay, wait. And we sort of stepped outside and we looked at each other and we're like, let's recommit to this. Like, I love you. I love you. Like we're doing this. We've got this. Like, you know, we sort of giggled, like we were like, okay, we got this back on track. And it was just like a constant recommitment to a relentless pursuit of the reminder of what was great about the person, why you love them in the first place, all their good qualities. And also 
diminishing my own ego or my own sense of like, you know, being a victim or those things that happen when, mm-hmm. you know, well, if, if he hadn't have done that and if you hadn't have done that, it's like we can Offense. fall so easily into those things. And it's, it was a real, it was a real lesson in, you know, also letting go of ego. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's just, isn't it say so much about our culture that the idea that you would want to do that for the sake of your kids, that that was controversial or something to mock at. Like it's just, (laughs) so, and I think of all my friends that have gone through that, that's, they feel like they were in between. They had to pick sides. It's so common. You did everything you could to mitigate that. And now don't you feel vindicated because so many people are talking about it. It's more normalized. Yeah. I mean, I'm just so happy that the outcome was positive for people and that, you know, I, I, everywhere I go, people come up to me and say, thank you so much for providing that because, or, and now people say, you know, I met the other night, well, it was a couple of months ago now, some friends of mine brought some friends to dinner that I didn't know. And they were like, they're consciously uncoupling, but they're coming together. Like it was just a normal, normal thing. Well, and yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> love that. Is there anything you learned? Like I see you and Brad, just beautiful yin and yang. You guys balance each other out so well. Is there anything you learned going into your marriage with Brad that you learned, you didn't have that wisdom with previous relationships? Yes. Well, first of all, I had to do a lot of work on myself in order to be ready for my marriage with Brad because I was still, up until that point, I was really stuck in childhood patterns of attachment and things that weren't healthy. Mm -hmm. And when I look back on my relationships, I wouldn't change any of them, but, you know, I, I was caught in a pattern that I knew that I did not want to recreate again. And a lot of it really, like, I really had to face a lot of my shit. Like Mm -hmm. I was avoidant. I was petrified of intimacy and I had to step up. And I realized like, gosh, I really want to be with someone who is calming to my nervous system and who brings out the best in me. And like, I really thought about what those things were. I wanted to feel, I didn't want to feel nervous around my partner. I wanted to feel calm. I wanted to feel uplifted. I wanted to feel like I was always learning or in an environment where I was allowed to learn. And Mm -hmm. he provided those things, but I had to really rewire a certain, you know, broken part of me, Mm -hmm. if I'm honest, you know, that was so scared. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, it's beautiful that you did the work. So many people just repeat it and cite like re- recycle the same. They haven't learned that lesson, right? Yeah. I think it's so hard sometimes to unpack or to, un, you know, we're so entwined with these, we're, we're not consciously aware of these patterns that we get into. And, um, and so it takes a lot of, it's like a, you have to force yourself to really look at your side of the street, you know, mm-hmm. and that's something that I was doing. I'll, I'll never forget our our therapist at the time saying, you know, let's play, let's do an exercise here. I want you to tell me all of the ways in which you are responsible for why this relationship just did not work. And first I was like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. 
And then it was probably the most profound exercise that I was given because I had to take an inventory of all of the ways that I had withheld, been impatient, you know, had moving goalpost expectations, like whatever it was, like where I had allocated time or pulled time and the ways in which I had been selfish. And it was amazing and it was very painful. Yeah. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every single day. I don't miss it. I take it first thing in the morning before I start my day at the Functional Medicine Telehealth Center consulting patients. But if I miss it in the morning, no stress. I'll just have it in between patients because it's so simple. It's just, I know it's just one easy thing, one quick thing that I can do every single day to nourish my health. It's daily nutrients for your body plus long-term gut health support. With just one scoop of Athletic Greens, I get the nutrients and gut health support that helps my whole body thrive and covers my nutritional bases. I look at labs for a living. I see nutrient deficiencies all the time. Athletic Greens is an easy way to support the most common nutrient deficiencies that are the raw materials for your energy levels, for your gut health, to support a healthy immune system, brain function, all the things. It's made with 75 super high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, adaptogens that help deliver benefits like mood support, immune system support, sleep support, sustained energy, brain function, and so much more. I love that AG1 is delivered monthly, so I don't have to think about it. I also, the, the travel packs are a game changer. I just put it on my carry-on when I'm traveling. Even, honestly, if I miss my Athletic Greens in the morning before I leave for the clinic, I just put the travel pack in my bag and I have it at some point in between patients. Plus, this stuff tastes amazing. I just mix it in with water. Or if you want to mix it into a smoothie, you can do it that way. And you can feel good knowing that you've taken great care of your health. So if you want to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and also five free of those travel packs that I love with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Will Cole. That's athleticgreens.com slash Will Cole. Check it out. Going back to Goop. When there is something that's controversial, I guess, in the public space, let's just say around the health side of things, yeah. we, we talked about on the podcast about detoxes. Like anytime we talk about detoxes, it's controversial. Yeah. Do you know by this point, this is probably going to get some, irritate some people, or are you still surprised sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, the real truth is, I don't think about it. Like I, we as a team are in pursuit of, finding information and creating spaces for people to ponder things that might make their lives better. And some of the things might turn out to be not as impactful or efficacious or, you know, might not be right for certain people. But I've seen now over the almost 15 years of running this business that because I truly believe that our hearts are in the right direction, like our North Star is very true. Mm -hmm. And we are doing this for 
the betterment of women. Like our content mm-hmm. is, and men too, of course, but you know, fellas, shout out to good fellas, shout out to good fellas. <laughs> and so because we're in integrity, I feel like we can talk about something that's controversial at the time. And it's, it's uncanny how six months later, 18 months later, five years later, the world mm-hmm. is sort of, you know, understanding the point of view and creating business lines around what we talked about however many years ago. And I just keep the intention really mm-hmm. straight, you yeah. know, and then come what may. Yeah. Amen. And you helped me so much, even when intuitive fasting, the last book came out of just me hearing this sort of madness online of people literally judging a book by its cover. And there was so much like toxic diet culture and things that we hadn't even read the book. And you clearly so much wisdom and like, helped me out so much. I don't know if you know that. Like I was floundering of just mm-hmm. like, man, people are misunderstanding me. To feel misunderstood, it's is, hard. it sucks. Yeah. But I mean, I guess, when did you learn that? When did that sting of people's judgment lessen or yeah. go away? I think the more that I, to circle back on something, you know, we touched on earlier, the more that I became friends with myself, mm. The more that I was fully aligned with myself, the less I got and get hurt by other people's opinions, especially strangers. Like if someone, if you were to come to me as someone who knows me and loves me and say, hey, I need to give you this feedback. It might be hard to hear. I would be so grateful, right? And I would adjust. Like, I love that so much. But Mm -hmm. when a stranger that is clearly in pain is triggered by something, I know that it's just a projection that they're triggered by. Mm -hmm. And even so still, like for years, it still hurts your feelings because you're like, what? how could, I didn't mean this. Like they didn't even read the thing or what are they talking about? Like, I'm not a bad person. And Mm -hmm. why are they saying something so horrible about me? I just let it go Mm -hmm. because I realize you're never ever going to be able to win everybody over. And the pursuit of trying to win somebody over is so awful and it's, all your energy and the you're wasting your energy. Mm-hmm. Just be true to yourself and love yourself. And if you act from that place, it's reinforcing, you know, that you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I actually pray for those people. Mm-hmm. I feel so sorry that people are in so much pain that they need that momentary relief of vitriol, of bile coming out of their mouth or their keyboard. Like the fact that we are living in a culture where that gives people relief for a minute is so sad. Mm-hmm. And I just, I pray for people like that. I really do. Yeah, that's good Good advice for everybody out there. Because that's the thing is no matter who you are, everybody has a quote unquote platform on social media. Some, it happens in big ways and small ways. Absolutely. But so, so many people see it, right? These keyboard warriors. And I think people don't realize that when they, when people are bullies like that, it it costs you something, you know? It's like you end up creating a cycle of shame for yourself that you may be aware of and you may be not aware of, but it creates more unhappiness and more anger, you know? Mm-hmm. No, someone told me the other day, the only thing worse than being bullied is being the bully. <laughs> it's true. Like, so it's like what you're saying, right? It's true. So going back to group real fast, if people only knew, like, knowing what goes behind the content there of just the vetting and the PhDs and just looking at the the veracity of something and the 
backing it by science where there is. And what I think Goop does really well that a lot of wellness websites and businesses don't do not do is you will show the person this is backed by science or this is a hypothesis or this is just an interesting idea. Yeah. If people just looked at that alone, you all are saying what is more concrete science and what is evolving. Yeah, absolutely. And that was actually a big turning point for us when we thought like, hang on a sec, because not all content in this area is created equal. Because for example, at the time, for example, if there weren't a lot of double blind placebo back studies around acupuncture, right? So you could write, oh, this meridian, if you press this meridian, it will help with X, Y, Z. So that that's not a science back, but you have thousands of years of Chinese medicine working with meridians. And that's valuable for people to know. Like if you press this point, it can mm -hmm. help relieve a headache. Mm -hmm. So you could be outraged that there's no, you know, there's no sort of New England Journal of Medicine <laughs> article on yeah. the meridians. Or you could say, wow, that's interesting. Like this is, this is an ancient practice that I might want to look into. And I think over time, you know, we've talked about so many things so early. I mean, even with psychedelics, we started talking about mm -hmm. so early on in the process. And now, of course, you see, I think there are, you also have to realize like, there's also this model of, this clickbait model of advertising. And so nobody's going to click on something, you know, and create, generate revenue for a site that's saying, oh, you know, this, this <laughs> might be, you know, they, they need something, yeah. they need the controversy. So you just have to, I always think like, you know, just part mm -hmm. of the business model, but, yeah. but I think, you know, we are, we take our work extremely seriously. And of course, like, you know, weird things happen back in the day or we would, you know, like, for example, I remember one around, there's this ancient Korean practice around like steaming your yeah. vagina with vaginal herbs steaming, and yeah. vaginal steaming. We didn't even write an article on vaginal steaming. We just put in a listing of like interesting wellness spas. Mm -hmm. We said, oh, this spa in Santa Monica does that. And it like broke the internet. We didn't even endorse it. You know, <laughs> it was just like, wow, this is an interesting thing we've never heard of. And, you know, we tried it from, we were like, this is actually kind of cool. Yeah. So a lot of it is just around, yeah. you know, clicks. Absolutely. And pelvic floor steaming is, I think it's like more yeah. of a thing now. I think yeah. even that it is. It's, it, it it's is. less radical. That's right. For sure. So, I mean, out of all the things that, like, what are your favorite goop products right now? Like mm. the other like ones that you're just most geeking out about? Well, we have some amazing beauty products that are really like we hired this amazing man a couple of years ago and he's just made our products even better than they were before. I'm very into, we have these lift and depuff eye masks. I'll give you guys some for your flight home. Thank you. <laughs> I need it. They're miraculous. I go through our face oil like crazy. And as you know, I'm super passionate about offering clean products. We have a very, very strict standard for clean. And we also love to sell other brands, clean products. Like I don't believe in competition in that way. I think, you know, more water makes all the boats mm -hmm. float higher, but our standards are very high. So, you know, I think we sell amazing products that we vet very, very carefully on Goop. And as you know, you know, these things, and I hear you talk about it all the time, transdermal absorption of all mm -hmm. these products 
it's real. And you don't want to be slathering your skin with something that will dis disrupt your endocrine system. And, you know, that has, I mean, certain fancy moisturizers have antifreeze in them. Like there's, there's crazy stuff in, mm -hmm. in beauty products. So we're very focused on, we like to call clinical skincare. It's like, it's backed by amazing clinicals, but it's incredibly clean. I love that. And you have so many great supplement support as well. I love, I've longtime fan of the detox powder. I, I put you on that. I know. On your own product. I said, take this, take this, <laughs> take your own product to support your liver. But I mean, what are some of your favorite goop supplements? I love our gut microbiome powder. It's really, it's, it's a really good one. It's got aloe and prebiotics, probiotics. It's great for digestion. I do, thanks to you, love our detox powder. It doesn't taste very good, but it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm also, I, I also am very proud of our kind of sexual wellness products. Mm. Like I think that there was so much stigma and shame for women around sexuality and, and pleasure. And I've, I've loved sort of turning that whole conversation mm -hmm. on its head. You really have. And even that, I think that what you've done around sexual wellness has, it will be the same thing. And I already see it normalized. So do I. But I can only imagine another three to five years, <laughs> what will happen. I mean, that I think the Netflix series really highlighted that. Don't you think so? Yeah, I do. And I don't know, it's like another, another way that people can have agency. Like, you know, we're human beings. We're, we have sexuality. So it should be able to be expressed without shame in any form, as long as it's consensual. That's right. Going back, I'm speaking of all of this and the controversy on wellness. Did you read a few years ago, the New York Times piece that was, I just thought one of the most well-written pieces about sort of looking at this historical phenomenon of this greater patriarchy, shaming women, shutting women down, yeah. delegitimizing them, medically gaslighting them, and kind of saying this is a modern day witch hunt in many ways. The yeah. idea that women would want to have agency over their health and ask questions about their health and want better. Did you read that? And what are your thoughts on that? I think I know the one you're talking about. I did read it. I thought it was very well observed. And, you know, there has been, it's correct. There's been a history of keeping women silenced on so many topics. You know, women are so, we're, we're powerful. And mm -hmm we assert our power much differently than men do. And I think on some level, you know, I wonder if that is truly threatening to the patriarchy that we, you know, when we collaborate and we come together, we, we can make big changes in existing paradigms and, you know, potentially that is threatening. And, you know, when you, when you talk about medical gaslighting and that's, it's funny because now that's really a thing. And I think the New York Times just recently wrote a whole thing about medical gaslighting and, and it's, it's become understood broadly that so many women will go in and say, you know, I don't feel well, and they'll just be prescribed an antidepressant. And that does keep women, you know, operating in a way that, I don't know, I, I really believe that it's time for the feminine, like the collective feminine to really come together and challenge these systems. And it, it isn't always easy to do that. But I think, you know, speaking for myself, I'm, I'm so glad that we've been able to start those conversations mm -hmm. and offer a platform where people can come and read about 
you know, these topics and feel supported and feel like there's a community mm-hmm. and feel also pointed in the right direction. Like we have mm-hmm. so many relationships with so many wonderful experts and doctors mm-hmm. like you and so many others. And mm-hmm. again, like people come up to me and say, that if, if it wasn't for you, I would never have met Dr. Cole in my life. You know, it's like to be able to make connections like that for people is very powerful. And so I'm happy to take whatever, you know, whatever, whatever negative part that's coming, you know, from people. And by the way, it's diminished a lot over the years. Like it used to be pretty like at a fever pitch. And now I think people understand, like mm-hmm. we know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I heard you t- You told me once, the, those that go through the weeds first get scratched. And it's true. It's just part of life, right? Yeah. So as you know, my friend, the podcast is called The Art of Being Ooh. Well. You know what's gonna happen. I know happen. what's coming. Yeah, you listen to the pod. <laughs> so I'm just, whatever comes up in my mind, this is Gwyneth Paltrow's Art of Being Well. First question, what's the worst tasting healthy food that you still eat, but it tastes disgusting, but you know the science behind it and it makes you feel good. The um, ketone drink thing. <laughs> Exogenous ketone that we put you on. Yeah. What does it do it, for you? Well, it helps with cognition and brain fog and energy. I have it with green tea in the afternoon. It tastes pretty, pretty bad, Yeah, but no, it's it tastes worth like it. Gasoline. A little bit like gasoline. <laughs> Although the, Cherry gasoline. I believe that they are coming out with an improved flavor, oh. an improved version, which is very exciting. Amazing. Yeah. What are two maybe supplements we haven't talked about, just maybe historically? You mentioned phosphatidylcholine being one, mm-hmm. some binders, but is there any other, maybe just say one or two more that's really been helpful in your life? I think NAD has been helpful. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Other supplements. I mean, you know, I, for me, like the, um, I have to be good with my supplementation because just, okay, you know what I'm going to say? It's really been so helpful is Athletic Greens. Yeah, great. Um, this is not a commercial. They've not. they've not, unfortunately, they have not paid me anything. <laughs> <laughs> they are a sponsor on this podcast, but maybe not this episode. Okay, well, yeah. I, they're great. Yeah. I mean, I started taking it I don't know, whenever you put me on it, mm-hmm. a couple a while of years ago. ago. Yeah. And I also met Kat Cole, their president. She's and so CEO, cool. We have the same last name. Exactly. It has to sign. That's right. We're not related that we know of, but she's great. She's phenomenal. And I was so inspired by her. She actually came and talked to my executive team. And so then I was like, okay, I'm going to, I hear Dr. Cole talk about this and I like Kat Cole and that it's been amazing. I take it every day. I love it. For energy and it's just great. I love it. Yeah. I love it too. I, t- I told you, they take the travel packs around. It's so Me convenient. Too. So Me convenient. Too. What is your ideal dream vacation? My ideal dream vacation is sand, <laughs> calm seas, and having Brad and my kids with me. Sweet. Any specific area of the world that you love? You know, we we went to the Maldives once, which was very a very long trip, but really special. Basically, after Brad and I got married, we went on a big honeymoon and took his kids, my kids, our best friends and their kids, my ex-husband and his (laughs) girlfriend. (laughs) We all went to the Maldives and it was so, it was like, it was such a special trip. 
that's that salt water and mm-hmm. all that clear. It's just, oh yeah, <gasps> I've seen pictures. It looks beautiful. It's pretty amazing. I love it. If we haven't probably talked, we probably haven't talked about it in today's episode. But what's the weirdest wellness thing that you've done that you're willing to admit on a podcast? I was thinking about this question and how I would answer, or maybe the most well, like most unknown. Maybe people don't know about it. I mean, I have used ozone therapy rectally. I do know this about you. (laughs) It's pretty weird. It's pretty weird. Yeah. But very, it's been very helpful. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. It's good Friday night. Yeah, it sure is. (laughs) You know, I'm a super fan of Goop Kitchen. So everybody that's in LA, if you had to pick, you mentioned the soup that you love, but other than the soup, like what's your favorite, maybe Goop rotisserie item, Mm. the Goop pizzas, like we, Solomon, my, my son and I just had the pepperoni pots, best (laughs) gluten-free pizza I've ever had. And I'm not just saying that. Thank you. Well, as you might know, I'm not allowed to eat that because there's <laughs> rice flour in it. But my favorite item from Goop Kitchen is probably, I love the miso salmon salad. It's love that. Very, yeah, I love that one. So good. What is a book that you've read in the past year? It could be fiction or nonfiction that's just, just game-changing, got you thinking mm. in a fresh new way. I... Can it be one that I'm reading right now? Yeah, sure. I'm reading a book called The Latitudes of Longing. I love novels and it's just the most transportive, beautiful. It's one of those books when you're like, I can't wait to go back and read my book later, you know? I love it. <laughs> do you prefer fiction over nonfiction? I do generally. I do read nonfiction though, especially, you know, books around leadership and, and things like that, that I find mm-hmm. they're sort of research for work. Got it. Do you know, I, I know, I know this, but do you remember- what Enneagram you are. I'm a one. You are. With a two wing. Yes, you are. Very few people know about this on the podcast, so I appreciate you knowing this. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I've never heard you ask people that question before, <laughs> so I, I feel very special. <laughs> Where can people learn about all the things that Goop has going on? Where can they go? Goop.com. Very easy. Very easy. On Instagram? On Instagram as well. Yeah, we have an Instagram handle. TikTok. You all are on TikTok. We are? Yeah, you, you I are. I did not know that. You are. It's. I mean, I follow you all on TikTok. So you're Me? On TikTok. I'm on TikTok? Well, not you, but oh, Goop is. Goop is, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. I, tr- I believe you. <laughs> all the socials, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, my friend. You, you didn't ask me about what is my healthy food, what is my food that I would. Oh, let's ask it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Because so, it's what... pizza. <laughs> What's a food that you could eat for the rest of your life, regardless of health benefits? Pizza. What, what's on your pizza? What's Gwyneth Paltrow's pizza Just look like? Lots of delicious cheese and gluten and anything else. All, uh, all the things I'm not allowed. Other than Goop Kitchen, where would you you'd go to San Francisco? To yes, friends? I'd go to Kefiko. Shout out to Kefiko. Yeah. My friend, love you. Love you so much. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back every Monday and Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.
please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.